0: to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. Today, we have Aaron, uh, let's pronounce this right, Rawlake. That's an unusual name.
1: Aaron, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. And uh, you know, as we get to know each other a little bit more, and, and uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. So tell me about Rolik. Uh, what kind of name is that? You know what? It, it's actually funny. Uh, uh, my my family roots are uh, are Romanian. Um, you know, it really doesn't go much farther than when they came over to the country with uh, with kind of the gypsy influence through Romania. So we haven't been able to track it farther. But actually, when my family came here, uh, we had a Romanian last name, and my. my um great grandfather um when they settled up north of where i am uh, a place called pierce land saskatchewan uh, when they registered to get their their land and my they were going to run a business so they they changed their name truly to something uh uh that Rountable? would attract yeah well that would attract <laughs> the uh the indigenous population here um so that's to, what it sounded
0: like that's what i thought it was actually one of those names
1: yeah, so it, it, it really is that way. So uh, my, my family, my cousins and I kind of joke uh, when people come across others with the, the exact same spelling, um, yeah. it is 100% guaranteed they, that we are related. So, uh, uh, you know, it's worked out uh, well for us being somewhat unique, uh, not, not like, a, you know, Joe Smith or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So by any chance, have you ever eaten a Chinese gooseberry? I have not.
0: So this stuff is not selling at all. So some marketing guy goes, "This shit ain't selling. Let's change the name of it." Hmm, let's call it a kiwi. Yeah, ta wow. Everyone's eating yeah, the kiwi. That's okay. you want like, to so, eat a kiwi? But, you know why want to see the Chinese gooseberry? So,
1: marketing and naming things—it's uh, magical. So that is—I'm—I'm uh, I'm so glad you told me that story. Um, one of the one of my little roles on the side as a volunteer is I actually am an assistant coach with a with a college volleyball team here. Love uh, it. I a former player. Um, we have a we had a former player that was from Australia, and we have a, a brand new recruit from New Zealand. So that will be the first thing I'm asking them tonight is if they've had a uh, Chinese, gooseberry. Chinese gooseberry. Chinese <laughs> gooseberry.
0: So thank you for being on the program today, and uh, I'm not sure if I should share this with the world, but uh, he's a reformed banker. Reform. So you went from banking. To real estate. So what was the advantage of that? Because certainly, you know, there's lots of advantages coming from that industry to this because money is a really big part of this, but also having relationships and selling uh, is critical in being a banker. So talk to me about the transition and what skills became highly useful and uh, what insights from banking helped you be a better uh, realtor?
1: Well, wow. when I kind of took the foray into banking, I, I progressed pretty quickly and, and I was lucky to be in a uh, in a situation that really believed in in or the people understanding um, the entirety of the role. so I spent some time working in the front line as as they call it a member service rep, you know a, a teller as most people call it, right. um, and then into the lending side of things, and then through to managing and dealing with uh, you know, investments and all that, but through it all, it, it was a real customer service experience. That was that was probably the biggest thing, and and more so than than anything. You know, you, you kind of get into that habit of, uh, you know, what can I do for you? Um, but I, I found it much more valuable to to progress from that to ask that question and then listen. Um, everybody had their unique needs, especially when I got into the lending side of it. it is um, you know listening to what they had and and their their reasons and why they wanted to do what they did now I I dealt with a lot of businesses and and farms and especially from that is is really working with people to to talk long term Um, it's not just you know I need 20 grand to buy a car well that that's that's really simple but when when I started dealing with farmers and and business owners it's Let's talk right now, let's talk three years, let's talk five years, let's talk retirement and, and build that, that holistic view of, of what we're going to need to do. And, and that took a uh, really, for me, a refinement of my listening skills to understand what was important to them and, and how we could you know work together to, to make that happen. And, and granted, it's banking. Sometimes it's a no, uh, but, but when you can really dig into it and understand their passion uh, so let's step back a little bit around listening
0: because that is a superpower and most people have the illusion that they're good listeners.
1: You're right, Amar. like that that's the biggest thing we talk about in our in now in real estate and our sales meetings all the time. Telling's not selling. Yeah, of course. You're not going to you're not going to tell someone, you know, the more someone tells me I have to do something or buy something, it, it's my nature and I think a lot of people's just to 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 kind of push back. Um, But being able to listen and understand and, you know, you can call it empathizing, you know, getting into the stepping into their shoes, walk a mile in my shoes, all those types of things, but but comprehending what and why uh, things need to happen for them.
0: Absolutely. Because I think it's not only listening to what they're saying, it's how they're saying it. And as I was watching you and watching your eye movements in uh, just in that short sentence you did, you checked into your feeling state two, three times, and you checked into visual recalls two, three times. And also, sometimes I can talk to somebody on the phone, and I can go, what's going on? Because there's a slight change in their tonality. And they're like, how do you know something's going on? It's like, I can hear it clearly in your voice. And so I think, dear listeners and viewers, if there's one thing you need to do is to improve your listening skills, and here's a couple of ways to do that. Number one, so I'm going to use you as my, uh, yep. as my guinea pig, if I may. So Aaron, I'm going to uh, speak a few sentences, and I'd like you to hear them, and I'd like you to repeat it inside your head as I'm saying it. Ready? Ready? I am a terrible volleyball player, but I get a lot of joy when I play it. So as I said that, were you repeating it inside your head?
1: I was with a a secondary voice voice saying, this guy's crazy. Of course. So you got a third thing
0: going on. And uh, here's the question. Did you hear it in my voice when you repeated or in your voice? I heard it in your voice. So isn't that interesting? If there were 10 people there, there'll be 60% would have heard it in my voice And 40% would have heard it in their voice. Here's what that little trick does. What that little trick does is this, is that when I'm listening to you, you talk too slowly because my brain is way faster than your speaking speed. And that allows me to think of, what am I having for lunch today? And is this interview going to be over? Is this guy crazy? Like that voice that came up for you. And so when I give my brain something to do, repeat what you say, number one, it focuses me on what you're saying. So it forces me to listen. Number two, since I'm repeating it inside my head, I'm actually learning it a different way. So it goes in deeper. And the third thing to do is watch my lips as I'm speaking. And that also gives you something to do. And the byproduct of that is this, is right now I can tell you're 100% paying attention to me. So a lot of times you're looking at someone we're thinking about other stuff, they can sense it. So hopefully, dear viewers and listeners, listening is a superpower. Here's a couple of ways to do it. And Aaron, you are right. This guy is (laughs) (laughs) cray-cray.
1: Well, two peas in a pod today then.
0: (laughs) Excellent. So you bring the banking skills in and certainly there's a, so one of the things I find with bankers, uh, bankers will say, hey man, I'm a banker. Mm -hmm. I'm not a salesperson. As if sales is a bad thing. And if you're a banker and you don't sell, you're getting fired. So why do you think sales is a bad word in our society? Because without salespeople, nothing happens. No ideas go forward. No nonprofits move forward. No cures for cancer happen. And no houses get sold. So why do you think sales has become a bad word when it really isn't?
1: I think it is just an old school ideology of of almost like the the door-to-door you know, salesman that's trying to sell you the, I mean, Vacuum cleaner you, you'll understand what I mean to say you, yeah. you and I are even older, but uh, I mean, the, the person at the door trying to push the Encyclopedia Britannica on you. Um, Just
0: before you go forward, pause right there. Yeah. I've got a client. He sells vacuums door to door and there's a whole community of people in North America that sell that door to door and they make a fabulous living at it. Yeah. So that is not dead. You think it would be, but it is not but please go on, so that old door-to-door, sleazy salesperson kind of mentality.
1: You hear it, and and I, I have some wonderful friends that are in the business and are, are very great at it. But you always hear the the stories and the cliches on the movies. You know the the slimy car salesmen and and things like that. And and unfortunately, I think when you deal with sales, when you have an ex, a, a bad sales experience, that tends to just become forefront over any positive or, or excellent sales experiences that you've had. And, and I, I think we just keep defaulting back to kind of the worst case scenario that it's always going to be bad. You tell
0: that story. You tell that bad story more
1: times than you tell a good story. You do. And and, and I think sometimes people just don't feel that they have a, a they've built up a, a trust with with many people that are selling, which is, you know, the inherent part of our business is if, if people don't trust you, why should they do do business with you?
0: Absolutely. And I think what uh, you mentioned when we started this whole conversation was listening. And when I listen to and pay attention to you, that is the first foundational piece of building trust between us. Because mm-hmm. one thing in this society I can guarantee. So a good example is you have somebody that quits a company and on the exit interview, when HR does it, one of the common things that they hear is my manager just didn't listen to me. And we had these meetings, but the guy or gal was checked out doing something else. Or it's like uh Really? Let me check my phone when I'm talking to you. Not that blatantly, but people were checked out. And I think people are craving that connection with other human beings because sometimes they don't even get it at home. There's a beautiful picture of your significant other behind you. I bet if I had a chance to talk to her, sometimes is your husband there and not fully there when he's watching TV? I have to do this. You know, that's my my wife would do that (laughs) because I'm guilty. And it's just human nature. And part of that is most of us are in a trance most of the time we've all done, we're driving down the street and we don't remember the last 10 exits. We were there at one level paying attention, but at another level, we were thinking about the new deal, my beautiful wife, my amazing kids. And so, but when you give someone the honor of attending to them and being there for them, that's love, man. When you do it with someone you love, it goes deep when it's a stranger, yeah, it builds connection.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's funny just to kind of dovetail on that. We actually had a conversation the other day about, uh, know, with everything changing, you know, with what, you know, the pandemic did and things like that is how to adjust dealing and and connecting with people uh, electronically, whether it's the phone and and even techniques to, to connect with them personally, when you when you deal solely with text messages and things and, and, um, you know, for us in the area we live in, we're, we're a very, you know, rural area. And, uh, you know, thankfully for us, we, the majority of our people still, uh, still love and, and appreciate the, the value of a handshake, the face to face connection. And, and we make a real effort to make that part of our business is is to connect with people personally, you know, reach out, shake their hand and, and have a real conversation with them. I mean, I, I love connecting with my clients on a, on a personal level and really finding out, you know, about them and what makes, makes them tick. And, and, you know, it works out great for me because uh, re- repeat business is, uh, is a huge part of what we do. And, and if you don't connect with them, you're not going to repeat with them.
0: Absolutely. And I think uh, in our short time together, I've probably got three legitimate compliments I could give you that I've noticed in our small interaction. And I don't wanna make you blush, you know. So when we meet people, if you're open to just noticing who they are, and if you can give them an authentic legitimate compliment, not to, oh, they'll like me, not with intent of I'm gonna get something out of it, just by noticing them and just pointing one thing out, you start building that connection. And whether they buy from you or not doesn't make a difference. It's uh, if you have the agenda, hey, I'm going to get Aaron to buy something from me. You can sense that. Like there's a transactional nature to his kindness. But when it's just like one human to another. So how long have you been in the real estate side of things? I've been in for eight years. Eight years. And tell me about one of the lessons you learned in your journey in real estate that was transformational in you as a human being just being a better person better agent like did you have one of those experiences where you just kind of went huh and it was like a before that event and an after that event kind of situation
1: uh, for me it was uh, I, I was really lucky when I came into the business I, I came in uh, under under the mentorship of of uh, a realtor that had been. we're really ingrained in our community for 30 years. So let's give them some kudos. Who was that? So, so it was was Connie Kempton. Um, You know, she was, I still, to this day, I mean, she's my real estate mom. Uh, um, She's been long retired, but if I call she answers and, and, you know, having someone that has your back and is in your corner to give you that, that experience. And, and she was really good at uh, knowing when she had to, kind of guide me and then also really good at knowing uh, when and when she needed to push me out of out of the nest. So it was it was it was really good. And and really, my moment was was with assistance from her where, you know, you had clients out and and sometimes you kind of get caught spinning your tires. We, we've been to multiple places, things like that. And, and it was we were at a bit of a stall. And and the comment she made to me was, have you asked the question? You know, and, and, and that's where I really had to start to learn to refine my listening skills, but it, it coincided with my, my asking skills to, to really, which, which question, like, have you asked the question? Was there a specific it, question? It was, it was really digging into um, wants versus needs. You know, like uh, people say, well, I, I want two bedrooms. I want two bathrooms. Well, but let's weigh your wants and needs. And then just a simple question is, is this the house for you? You know or, yeah. or is this the place for you and and kind of getting to the point not being uh, pushy but but really learning how to get them to think about it and, and that was that was the biggest one is, is asking the question and whether that question is like I said you know is this the place for you or or prompting them to express their feelings a lot of people don't want to to really you know kind of spew what's in their head and, and, and prompting that. And so, so asking without, uh, without telling was, was the biggest thing for me.
0: So before we started recording, you told me you had uh, two kids like mm-hmm. in their teens, twenties, uh, who is the oldest? Our daughter Avery is 21. So I want you to just for a moment, remember the first time you held Avery in your arms.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was uh it's an eye-opening moment for the, any of you that have ever yeah. had that first child. It's, uh, I, I'm generally a pretty talkative guy, but I didn't have, I was pretty speechless when, when you think, oh, what the heck? So A, thank you for sharing that. And
0: B, by me asking that one simple question, like your face is flushed, yep. you went back to that. So when we ask questions, we have the ability to change someone's brain chemistry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just think about that fucking statement right there. That's fascinating. And the questions that we ask, and one of the questions I ask is, uh, uh, or I would ask is, you know, is this the home for you? And whatever that answer is, the second question could be, depending on the answer, what would make it the home for you? And that also gets them to think. And then they kind of go, before it's like, nah, this is not the home for me. What would make it the home for you? Then they're going to go, you know, if the bedroom was a little bigger or this was happening, just that kind of stuff is, so it's not only listening, it's helping your clients Get insights because oftentimes people don't know what the frick they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like they have a concept of it, and you being a great salesperson, if you can get them to get clarity on what they're thinking, is huge. That's such a value add thing that you can do, and you've got the power to do that.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I reflect back to a, a time where I, I keep the oddest things in my vehicle for for especially showing homes, and, and had some clients for where we are, you know, we've got some glorious sunsets and a, a west facing backyard, and. You know we're showing this this house you know late fall so for us the, the sun sets you know 8 eight thirty 30 type of thing at mm-hmm. that time and and beautiful evening and oh you know pretty convenient that I've got a a couple of lawn chairs the house was vacant and uh, you know let's let's just sit on the deck and you know what can you picture yourself just sitting here in the evening looking at the view and and you know, I remember that the, the husband, he looks at me and he smirks and he says, You dirty bastard. <laughs> you know, like, they, they, were, they, were, they were all in. But you know what? Then you know, here we are, you know, 60 days later, and uh and I, I get a photo from them where they've completed the yard and they've they've put a hot tub in and everything looks fabulous. And and they sent me a picture from from that same spot where we were sitting. And just said, Hey, I love what you did. And I love that guy. Yeah. They just said, you know what? Thank you. We love it here. So kind of reminds me in uh, where I used to
0: live, Baltimore, it's really close to DC and they've mm-hmm. got the Stratmore is this amazing house for opera and music and breathtaking. And I met the guy whose brainchild it was. And what he ended up doing was getting an architectural drawing of what it would look like from one of the uh, balconies. Yeah. Yeah. And he ordered two of the seats that were actually going to be installed. And remember those things, you know, you're old enough to remember when you went to a record store, they had this plastic dome where the sound would just bathe you. Yeah. Yeah. He had two of those set up and he would get donors coming in to his office. He'd get them to sit on those chairs. He had this board with what it would look like and they would hear the music and they raised a hundred million dollars to build that thing. Wow. So your two deck chairs, genius. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly the guy went, you dirty bastard, in which case, you know, that's a compliment. But really what you were doing was, let me help you. Because at the end of the day, it's all about emotions.
1: Let me help help you feel it.
0: Yeah, let me help you feel it. And the feeling could have been like, oh, that's really nice. But, you know, this isn't the house for us. Could have been a very legitimate thing for them to say. But this thing just grounded them in what they really want to buy. And so uh, that's uh, twice today, you know, uh, applause for you. That's like totally genius, my friend. So one of the questions I ask people is this, Aaron, is that Aaron five years ago sucked compared to Aaron that's sitting before me. But five years from now, you're going to be more amazing than uh, than you are right now. So what are you doing to learn, to grow? Like, what are the areas that you're focusing on to let the more amazing
1: Aaron show up? Open senses. Uh, and and where and I'm going to extrapolate on that with keeping my eyes open, keeping my ears open, um, nice. my, my feelings open, uh, you know, not being afraid, it's going to sound silly, not being afraid to, to steal, um, intellectual property is probably the most valuable thing that we have and, and yeah. being able to look at different sides and, and, and you know, being open to uh, just views, viewpoints and, and, and how it's they genius. reflect to you and, and, you know, not to. Uh, I, I consider myself. You know, I'm not this side, this side, and not to bring politics into it. Like, kind of ride the middle, understand both sides, and 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 you know, really respect. The perspective respect is so opinions. important. Yeah, and and you know, that's the the nice thing. One of the things I I'm lucky to do is I end up a lot of time. You know, I'm in a vehicle. I'm a realtor. I drive around a lot, so. So find those find those podcasts, find those points of, of view and, and listen to them. And sometimes you might you you may not like them. But I, I've always that was the one thing I had to commit myself to was okay, I may not like what I'm hearing, but I, I'm gonna listen to it and I'm gonna hear it out to to try and understand it and and then you know move on, move on to another one. Um, podcast has probably helped me the most. I, I'm not a big reader, I, I can't sit right and read a book and, and but I can listen. Um, so, so, you know, I've, i really liked that aspect of things uh you know, technology is, has helped me, me a lot, but also just meeting people, um, you know, and, and seeing how, how people work. I, I love spending time with, especially a lot of our corporate clients is, is just get a sense of, hey, you know, spend some time at their business and see how it works. Uh, my wife works in the education field and and I get to chat with a lot of teachers and kind of listen in on how they, how they deal with with today's young people, um, you know, right from, you know, five to 18 years old. And, and that gives me a perspective on on the young kids coming up. Um, I really pay attention, especially uh, to my daughter's age, you know, that 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 kind of 21 year old group. They're, they're coming out of college and university and, and they're going to be our next set of clients and, and really getting a sense of how they uh, look at the world and, and deal with the world. I mean, they, they do things that we never, we don't comprehend. I I mean, staying on top of trends and technology, that's, that's one of the greatest gifts my kids have given me without knowing it. (laughs) Brilliant. So, Aaron, when you listen to this broadcast
0: again, uh, go back to when you were doing that last statement, we were talking about listening. Yeah. And when you talked about stealing, like ideas from other people, yeah. A, you got emotional, but B, your tonality changed right there because it was not doing something bad. It was like something sacred. So uh, Aaron, thanks for being on the show today. I really, really enjoyed our conversation and
1: keep up the good work. Mar, thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's been a great conversation and me, giving, giving me some, some things to, to think about and, and learn from, even though I'm, uh, having the conversation with you. So, uh, best of luck to you. And thanks again for having me on today. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to our next conversation.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating.